What a beautiful Saturday morning it is. How lovely to get up and have the air be so succulent, delicious. Hasn't it been great and kind of muggy? I mean, just working out in it, you know. Yeah. Perspiration is just rolling off your body mm-hmm. because it's such it, an unusual sensation here. It's humid. I mean, different than pouring down rain, which is humid too. But I know. But it's cold usually, and this has been so warm. It's um, luxurious. And, and it's warm and gentle, mm. and the wind's moving around so lovely. Yeah, yesterday the after, in the afternoon, it just saved us to have the wind blowing and be so warm. I tell you, the windstorm that came through was so spectacular. We have these big Japanese maples in our yards. For Margaret's, she's had them here for 35 years or so. This is so. after he sold all the other ones he bought me. <laughs> <laughs> you will never let me forget that. No, I won't. Anyway. All right. They're, all I can do, all they're I big do, and beautiful. They're big and beautiful. And, you know, there are two big green maples and one. They're not the same clone. One, one turns way before the other one yeah, does. The, the second one's just starting. And they are... Oh, 15, 18 feet tall. And 15 feet wide. Oh, 20, 25 feet across. They're just, Something. They're just beautiful. Come and look at them if you like. You know, uh, come up today. We're going to be there all day working around. Landscape Alaska sponsors this show. This is a call-in regular radio gardening show. We reach all over Southeast Alaska. The phone number to call here is 907 907- Five eight five eight six one eight hundred nine zero seven five eight six one eight hundred, and we'd be we'd welcome your comments, your questions, your invitations to go see something spectacular. So and we're uh, always looking. You know, I look at the landscape all the time. You know, and new see, stuff shows up all the time. Well, there's it calls it calls to me. You know, I was thinking the other day. Um, somebody asked me. You know, why do you do this? And of course, there's parts of my job that aren't particularly romantic. But I do it because it opens the door to what I really love to do, which is do installation. So if I have to mow lawns until I get the chance to install things, I mow lawns. And heaven but knows... installing things is really where it's at. That's what I love. Uh, and designing installing it, has a whole thing. Designing it, installing and, it. And making them for particular places and particular people. And, and the architecture and the landscape, the bigger landscape, uh-huh. the integration of it. And, you know, I started, I was four years old was when I planted my first thing. Motivated by me, uh, I asked my grandmother if... I could grow carrots. And she says, well, yeah, you know, you cut off this end of the carrot and put it in some water, some toothpicks, and it'll grow roots, and then you can go plant it outside. But I didn't understand anything about where to plant it outside. So when it got the roots and stuff, I went out and planted it in a rock garden, which, of course, (laughs) carrots don't like rock gardens. (laughs) They're not deep enough. But, you know, from the very beginning, I've always been a let's go out and be with the plants person. Even before I ever knew there was a thing called landscape architecture or horticulture oh, of or, course. or anything. We, we all get started way before we know anything about that. Yeah. And, you know, seeing people bring their small children to the nursery well, and, the, ha- and the delight with which they attend uh-huh. and how 
how excited they are to find things in it. And when, when a small child, like a three-year-old, finds a ripe gooseberry on the bush and uh, their parent says, yes, that's ripe, you can eat that, they are, it's, it's like Easter eggs, you know? But the, that's how the baby bear was this last week when it found gooseberries. Well, you know, the baby bear <laughs> did eat more than her share, I have to say. But I didn't care. You know? Well, I cared. Oh, but that's where it's at. You're a curmudgeon. Anyway. Uh, so if you were to think about about the, the underlying philosophical bases of why people garden, why people make the effort to have ornamental plants or to, to uh, treat their native plants that are growing around them in a, uh, an aesthetic way, you, you know, think? I think that I think we all look for connection. Everybody has their own way. Gardeners have theirs. Gardeners want to tend the earth and make things beautiful in their eyes, whether it's with ornamental things or the native landscape or, or, or a view plane. You know, but I'm sure that hunters feel the same way. It helps them feel connected to life, you know? And I think all of us want a deeper connection other than I go to work every day and <laughs> mm-hmm. I raise my kids and I have my home and I take care of my dogs and my cats and my chickens and you know that we always want more and for me gardening landscape work and gardening is it I, I just love it I think about no matter what I'm doing whether I'm digging up just bare ground for parrot or whether I'm cultivating something already grown, or whether I'm pruning something that's big and old and established, it always makes me think back to my parents. Of course. It always makes me think of the times that I spent with my parents when I was little. and and At their organic farm. That's right, and being taught how to do these things. And even though my memories are kind of cloudy because it was so long ago, but... (laughs) You know, I, I was uh, it was seventy years ago, so I can I can remember bits of it, but but uh, not all of it. But even even if I can't remember where I learned it or how I learned it, the, it's still the sense of of my parents standing there and showing me, and my parents and their friends, you know, because that was what they did. So their their friends came from that same kind of social world. Well, even even in my family, which we didn't have an organic farm by stretch of the imagination although my mother always grew things um and my father trimmed and took care of all the gardens around our house and they didn't hire help they they loved being outside and this is before power mowers or anything power you know and my dad was always sharpening his tools and so every saturday start out with a nice sharp set of shears or whatever he would do. I'm sure your dad did keep everything just sharpened just and oiled so. and preserved. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> wish I had him in my workshop. I'll no tell kidding. You I wish we did too. Uh, but anyway. I um, was looking at our pile of pruning shears today. They could use a little rehab. Uh, I understand there's a pruning shar- a pruning shears sharpening business in Juneau called Running with Scissors. Great. I hired them last year, and they did they did a really nice job. Well, it's time to hire them again. It is, because it, it's pruning season is coming up. Uh, but anyway, you know, the fall in Alaska is just so beautiful. 
everything, the change, the feel and the air, even the pouring down rain, it's all so dramatic. You know, you have three inches of rain one day and you have hot sun the next. Who can beat that? Sounds like the uh, a recipe for success. Absolutely. So we're going to, uh, so we're not going to be on the air next weekend. We're going to Portland. We're going to the Far West show, which is the, the Big biggest, nurse, the nursery, biggest show. nursery show on the West Coast. But really, we're going to the nurseries. That's the most exciting uh, part. We're going to go out. And, and on the nursery business runs from August to August. Right now is the time that people are buying their product for the next spring delivery. And they're going into the fields, like Margaret saying, and we'll be looking at Japanese maples and fruit trees and I will look at everything. It's not just about can it come to Alaska. It's just so beautiful to look, to see, to embrace. There's such a wealth of beautiful plants in Oregon. You know, I'm not saying there aren't ones other places, but, you know, the growers we go to visit are absolutely the top of the line. They are, of course. Uh, good morning, Conversations. Um, yes, I have two sick trees in my yard, and I'm really worried because they've been sick for a long time, and the bark is just not even attached to the tree. It's just hanging there, and... Sounds pretty yeah, bad. <laughs> are they are they wild trees or did you plant them? Oh no no no! They've been here for over a hundred years, I guess. They probably got damaged somehow. Do you think? We had the same thing this last year. Some of our trees that are over a hundred years just died last winter. Oh, Why don't you send me some pictures? Okay, um, I don't not? have. I don't. You know, I don't know how to work any. Um, you know what you call the internet or the outernet thing but i can take a picture with a throwaway camera well what's your if you want to give us your address we could come by and look at your tree okay well actually not my tree i live in a trailer park so <laughs> okay well why don't you call me up and my uh, we're not on the air we're not on the air and you can tell me where it is and my phone oh. number, my cell phone, is 321. That's okay. You can just look it up in the phone book. Call Landscape oh. Alaska. It'll come, okay. it'll come right to me. You can tell me oh. where it is, and I'll come look at it. Okay. See, and, and before, too, uh, we had these mushrooms that smelled like they should have been in the toilet and flushed. Say it again, please. Um around these trees they had mushrooms that really smelled like sewage uh. what i did is i took some baking soda you know one of those big bags and i just spread it all around so i got rid of that smell well there could so be I a leak i mean you know uh, but you know generally that means that there's something dead in the ground, you mean? In the ground. Some part of the root system is dead, or some part of the tree is dead. And the mushrooms are the fruiting part of the f fungus that's, that's The bacteria. There, that's going to eat it up. But go, go, you can call me later, and uh, okay. I'll come and see it. I won't come okay. until I get back from the, the Far West show, but I'll come and see it. Okay, thank you ever so much. Thank, thank, thank you for you calling. Okay, thank okay. you. <laughs> Bye. 
So uh, when we go to the Far West show, we're going to be looking for pretty spectacular stuff that's going to be hardy enough to live in Juneau. And every year we find some new things. That's where we found those those uh, hydrangeas that are now blooming all over Juneau. We found them at the Far West show, and they are they're in full bloom everywhere around right town now. Right yeah, now. they look lovely. Uh huh. And that kind of hydrangea can either be trained as a little tree or kept as a shrub. And there's the dwarf forms of it, and all of those are growing around in Juneau now. And we and all that comes from just finding somebody that grew them and go, oh, look at that. And we had tried different hydrangeas before, and the the ones that were successful, the big blue ones, were really growing up against a house with a south-facing or a west-facing uh, aspect. They didn't grow everywhere. No, and they didn't do really well. The ones that I planted at the university bloomed, you know, it's been 20 or 25 years and they right, bloomed the, twice in that 25-year period. Right, but they're not, they're not in the right place. They need that pr- warm wall, the, the heat from the architecture, something to help keep them a little ahead of the curve. You know, I, it gets so wet and cold in the winter, summertime here that it's, it sets a lot of things back. It's not really, are they hardy enough to live? It's just they don't thrive. Yeah, that's you know? really So the that's case. really my, my cutoff is they've got to do the work. <laughs> Same thing with a lot of those roses, you know, the Canadian roses that we've we've liked so much in particular places, they really have thrived. Right. But you do have to put them someplace where they're going to get That's right. It's not that they would die in the winter. This is not quite hot enough in the summer to really to make produce them really flowers. Flower. Right. But then you a look, few flowers. You look at Mary Lou's planted up against her nice warm south-facing wall. That's right. And it just goes to town. It does. And blooms prodigiously. Mm-hmm. And there are people who have beautiful clematis. And again, they're just, it's location, location, location. That's true. So we were using uh, some really nice battery-powered landscaping tools this oh, week. I just love them. Uh-huh. I, I walked by an AEL&P truck outside a grocery store this morning and it was loaded with the battery powered stuff uh-huh. still and uh, I thought well I couldn't leave my stuff sitting out in my truck like that <laughs> it would vanish <laughs> yeah and so the the battery powered chainsaws the little one hand battery powered chainsaws you can climb up in a tree with I love the hedge trimmers you know I'm going to help Ginger cut down all her perennials um, this fall and I'm going to take those hedge trimmers and just take like a lawnmower. That's right. On the hillside. And we buy out. them at Tyler Rental and, and buy the batteries at Tyler Rental for you them. You know, and once you get one, you want more. I and mean, the idea I want of having more. interchangeable batteries is really a good, good idea. Like I want another blower. One blower, even though I have three batteries for it, I want somebody else to have one on my crew besides me. You know, we're cleaning up, making it look nice. And... And the, uh, the convenience of being able to just turn the switch and have it come on rather than carry the fuel with you and make sure that you have the right mixture all the time. It's really a big deal. Yeah, the, it really is. I mean, there's a place for the gas-powered blowers, but the other ones are so more convenient. And yeah. no muss, no fuss. So I understand from, from talking to uh, other outlets in town that almost all the electric lawnmowers that came into town this spring got snatched up right away 
and uh, people apparently are quite pleased with them. I don't have any idea. I've not used one yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, good. Does anyone that's listening to us have some experience with that? I'd be I'd be real curious to hear uh, some kind of review from local people about whether it's strong enough to mow your rain-heavy grass. Well, that's always how often do you mow. And you know me, I believe mow every four days. Not that I get to, but... Mm-hmm. I know it's really it short an awful lot easier. Well, you keep it short, and then your mower can manage it. Once you let things slip by, it gets a lot harder, and big ruts get left. So it, this is a call-in show, and it's 907-586-1800. That's right. Call okay. us up. So uh, we were looking at uh, color combinations as the seasons are beginning to change and new patterns emerge, things that you laid out a long time ago that don't show up in the summertime, only show up once the fall colors begin arriving. Well, lilacs are one of those. The Miss Kim lilac? Miss Kim lilac. And the big lilacs, too. But the Miss Kim turned purple, and it's really an element in the landscape in the fall for, for leaf color. Because if you have something like Glow Girl Spirea or... A yellow leaves spirea up against it in front down low you know they're or even they're those pair. those uh, nasty yellow leaf barberries with their big thorns I just can't plant barberry anymore I it, it's too painful <laughs> I know it really is I mean, it is beautiful <coughs> the colors are lovely <coughs> the growth habits great but those thorns yeah you know it always hard to get past that when I worked for the school district in Eugene when I was but a young person, it always killed me that every grade school had barberries planted around it. I'm like, is this designed by people who don't like kids? I mean, hello? Yeah, absolutely. Because the ball would go into the, the area of the playground and they'd have to go through barberry to get to their ball. Anyway, just mm-hmm. an observation. Yeah, well, that's how it is. You know... Uh, when you prune things into hedges, which is what they do with the barberries like that, they prune them into hedges. They don't just let them grow like, like big bushes. It makes you realize that, that uh, you could do that with anything. You can do that with uh, anything that you have planted in your yard, but you can also do it uh, out in the wild world. And if you wanted to, you could make... Oh, yeah. Well, look at what you do with the alders at the university. That's true. I was thinking the reverse. I was thinking of of uh, pruning into the wild undergrowth around our house some little trails and tunnels thinking of the opposite of a hedge the the absence of it so pruning a, a circulation route through the wild plants well I understand that but you know we have a lot of bear up there <laughs> and I like to be able to see <laughs> that's certainly true and you, you know, know they are such quiet fellows they're so beautiful. Have you seen a lot of slugs? Lots of slugs. Everybody's it's, got slugs. It's really slug time of year, isn't it? Well, the rain this month, this the last 30 days is really, you know, you have to be glad we get the rain because it brings the salmon. And nobody's going to complain about that. And if we don't have the rain and the salmon have a hard time because the creeks are low, it's a bummer. But uh, it does bring slugs. Do you see pictures of the Loire River in France? Yes. Dry. Dry. 
not been known since the Roman times. It's happening to uh, the Columbia too. I'm not the Columbia, the Colorado River. Scary. Really, really scary. Okay, so it's also time to be thinking about about for the the springtime bulb show. You got to think about that this time of year. Well, you know, to me, crocus is your best bet. No muss, no fuss. Comes back easily. Comes back easily. When it's done flowering, you can just cut it back. They say let it dry up, but it's too wet here. So you can just cut it back and then plant all around it. And if you dig them up, it's only a couple inches deep, so you can put it back in. It's, I love that. And that they just live forever. I thought it was really amazing. I was working in somebody's yard in the valley, and I dug up their... I was moving stuff out of the perennial bed. And I dug down there, and there were crocus bulbs in there. And you can see them growing year after year after year. They're like uh, discs on a string. Right. Instead of the one bulb just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, it grows a new one on top of the old one. It's like a pagoda. It is. It's like a, uh, it's like a string of uh, cash, you know, of, of uh, <laughs> metal coins. Uh-huh. I thought it was so very cool. And I like the idea of the big golden sheets of bright yellow crocus. Well, I like the yellow because... It- everything else recedes so that's my favorite i know you planted a thousand of them around the capitol building when you did that mm-hmm. that rework of it a couple of years and ago. it takes a month from the bright corner on main street to bloom all the way down to the corner on seward but it's a nice show yeah nice show by the way if somebody's looking for something to to uh, see ornamentally that planting around the capitol buildings in bloom right now and those hydrangeas in bloom are just spectacular. Thank you. Um, it's a beautiful building, and um, they've taken really good care of it. So, other than that, what, what else is on your list? Well, what else is on my list is uh, that, that the phrase, fall is for planting, is really an accurate one that now that the soils are so warm and the, uh, the, the plants have made their initial spring top growth and they're making their root growth now. So this is really a great time to put you things in You have at ground. least two months for things to get <coughs> established. Oh, yeah. and, 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 and roses and hydrangeas and spireas and rhododendrons, those things are all going to be really much happier in the ground than uh, waiting until next spring. So if you have them that you've purchased and you've just been keeping them in cans, put them in the sure ground. You get them out of the out of the can and put them in the ground. Absolutely. And if you have the, the need to do some planting and this is the time to do it, you know now the the big rush of, of summer fishery is over. It's time to do some gardening. You, you know what's really amazing is the top surface of the soil gets wet, but the soil's actually quite dry. I mean, there's some soils that aren't if they're down in a hole or something where the water stands. But in beds, you know, it's it's easy and it's pliable. And you put your shovel in there and voila. It's there, true. And, you know, even though it rains an awful lot, you know, maybe you rain uh, two or three inches in, in four days. Compared to the month-long period, that's not a whole lot of water. Well, you know, we it have rains these in big intenses, intensities, but like you say, the, the top couple inches get really wet. Below that, it's not very wet. No, 
And, you know, here we have three days of this type of weather, and then it's going to start raining about 50% all week long next week. Well, that's perfect for working because it doesn't mean it's going to rain all the time. And uh, you can pick your weather and go out and do your planting. And, and it's so satisfying. It is. And one of the things also is that since it's already made its initial spring growth, top growth, and hardened off, it's no longer as... as uh, Vulnerable. As vulnerable. That's right. It's no longer as vulnerable to drying out. You know, you can uh, plant them in the ground and, and figure that, that with adequate care, no, nothing extraordinary, but adequate care, they're all going to establish themselves. So if you've got things that, that you have wanted to plant and you're not quite ready, you know, go ahead and get ready. Make the <laughs> holes. Get going. Plant those things out there. And also, it's time for the last fertilization for your shrubs and trees for this year. You know, next next month, by the end of September, you won't want to fertilize anything. You know, it's because it's going to be uh, uh, well, stimulating it to make new growth when it's going to come wintertime. Well, what about the slow-release fertilizer that you, you carry? You could use that later in the year because I'm planning on using that in my yard. <laughs> you can. That's right. You can use the slow-release fertilizers because they're really, really light on that kind of stuff. Right. And so if it says on it, slow release or sulfur coated urea or or extended time period that means it's going to be a much easier thing to do but most commercial places carry the quick release 16 16 16 or right. 10 10 10 something or like that 32 16 still and you want to hold off from over fertilizing too soon because you want them to go dormant All right but if you feed them now, then they store all that food in the starch of their roots and helps them get through all the dormant period. Like last year, boy, it was winter was so long. It but was, and so many things just ran out of steam before spring got there. Mm -hmm. That's right. It was a it was a, a tragedy in that case. So many people told me of things that they had, that they've had for many many years. You know, I think that uh, the most common thing that I heard that people lost were bleeding hearts. You know, and they had had bleeding hearts for 20, 25 years in their yard. And they just weren't there this springtime. Didn't even come up. It's a hard thing. It is. I was walking around in the nursery yesterday looking at things turning color and thinking, you know, these azaleas are really hard to beat. Really, really hard to beat. Beautiful shape when they're bare beautiful color in the springtime when they're in bloom. I can't wait to plant them. And that dark red color they're turning now. Right. Just spectacular. Really nice. So, uh, if you're looking for particular things, give us a call. See if we can add them to our list as we're coming up. And other than that, we're going to be gone next weekend. So, even if you send us an email or call us up on the telephone, you know, it might be a while before you hear from us again. So, uh, if you if you want to talk to me and you want to come and see us, I'll be there today. I don't know if Margaret's going to be on there or on her other job, but if you would like to drop by, please do. Be glad to see you. We're going to be working in the nursery, getting things ready. And, and we have all that beautiful bee balm. It's just coming into bloom. I wonder why it took it so long. It's been in bud for a long time. But there's several kinds out there. There's the group of the dwarf ones that 
are my favorites, but then there's some of the big ones too. And you know, people have been looking for bee balm ever since the spring. And I couldn't sell it to them confidently, not because they came so late. They're part of what was late in the greenhouse. But once I could bring them up and have them be in the sun and feed them, they've done nicely. But they've been slow. Yes. I know that in other years, in other years we have had them that we brought in in the springtime that are already big and not ones that had lived over the winter. We bought them in the fall last year and had them over the winter, and so they came on late and slow in the spring. Right. I don't know if it'll happen again, whether that's the way that they are. I want to move them all into bigger pots. I mean, they're in gallon cans or two-gallon cans <coughs> now, but, you know, I always think things need bigger pots. And put them in the yard. That's put right. them in the garden. That's right. Okay, so we're coming up to the very last minute of our show. This is uh, Margaret Tharp and David Lindrum. Yes, and there'll be a special... Uh, if they can manage it, we have a tape that's going to be playing next week uh, from uh, Father Michael Williams. Williams from Huna, a long time ago, was a, a guest on David's show, and I hope they're able to get it on the radio so you can hear the conversation. Really, if if they if the radio can manage to take my antique cassette and put it onto the air. This is a program you won't want to miss. And you know, by the way, all of our programs are available on the KINY website as podcasts. So if you have a friend that can't get up and listen to us in the morning, you can get a, a program to show them on the podcast. This okay. is Margaret and Dave, Landscape Alaska. See you in a couple of weeks. Wish, wishing you all happy gardening.